Welcome to a late night edition of A-Train Sports Talk. And we start with some sad news in the NFL. Jim Kick, who won two Super Bowls with Miami Dolphins, died at 73. Former Miami Dolphins running back Jim Kick has died. The team announced Saturday he was 73. Kick had been living in an assisted living home for the past few years. His daughter, Allie Kick, a professional tennis player, said he had Alzheimer's disease. Kick was a vital member of the 1972 Dolphins that went 17-0 and won Super Bowl VII and the group that repeated as champions the following year by winning Super Bowl VIII. Known for his versatility as a runner and a receiver, Kick was part of a three-headed backfield with Pro Football Hall of Fame fullback Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris during the peak of the Dolphins dynasty in the late 1960s and 1970s. He played seven seasons in Miami. Along with Zonka, his best friend, they earned the nicknames Butch and Sundance. Inspired by the popular 1969 movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Kick Butch made the American Football League All-Star team in its first two seasons. He had two touchdowns for the 72 Dolphins in the AFC Championship game and also scored in the Super Bowl victory that capped the team 17-0 season under Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Don Shula, who died May 4th at the age of 90. Kick and the speedier Morris split time during the 1972-73 seasons, which gave Shula a potent one-two punch at halfback, but sometimes led to second-guessing by fans. Kick and Mercury Morris both contributed, Shula said. Every Monday, there was a controversy, but the bottom line wasn't bad. Zonka compounded the challenge for opponents. He and Kick met in an All-Star game the summer they joined the Dolphins, and as running mates, they roomed together, partied together, and briefly held out together, seeking better contracts. In 1975, Kick, Zonka, and future Hall of Famer Paul Warfield left the Dolphins for the WFL. The package was a watershed worth nearly $4 million over three years for the three players who played for the Memphis Southmen. But the WFL folded and Kick returned to the NFL for his final two seasons playing for Denver and Washington. So there you have some sad news, but you also have some interesting news because some of us probably never remembered the WFL. So as we look a little bit farther into some more NFL news, the NFL advises players not to work out together due to coronavirus. The medical director for the NFL Players Association is advising players to avoid working out with teammates to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Dr. Tom Mayer said in a statement Saturday that the NFLPA is working on safety protocols for training camps, which are set to begin in late July. Please be advised that it is our consensus medical opinion that in light of the increase in COVID-19 cases in certain states that no players should be engaged in participating together in private workouts. 
mayor said in the statement. Our goal is to have all players and your families as healthy as possible in the coming months. Around 10 NFL teams have reported positive coronavirus tests for at least one of their players, a source told ESPN's Jerry Fowler, prompting the NFLPA to release the statement. The NFL and the NFLPA share a database that updates each time a team reports a positive test, and there's been an uptick over the last two weeks. Teams can administer tests for players who are already rehabbing injuries in the team facility, thus permitted to be there or when a player discloses symptoms. Multiple veteran NFL players tell ESPN that despite optimism for the season, the sheer volume of positive tests in college and professional football is alarming for game weeks and how the virus can deplete a roster. A number of quarterbacks, including the Buccaneers' Tom Brady and the Giants' Daniel Jones and the Jets' Sam Darnold, have organized throwing workouts with teammates in the recent past. On Saturday, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter at least two Buccaneers players (coughs) had tested positive for COVID-19. Tampa Bay said in a statement that some team members had tested positive without identifying whether it was players or staff, and that affected areas were being closed for extensive sanitizing. The NFL and NFLPA are continuing to work to finalize protocols for players' safety, safe return to team facilities for training camp next month. At least two Tampa Bay Buccaneer players test positive for coronavirus. According to a statement, at least two Tampa Bay players now have tested positive for COVID-19, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Saturday. In a statement, the Bucs acknowledged positive tests but did not state whether the results were for players or staff. The names of those impacted, as well as any additional information related to these incidents, will not be released due to privacy concerns, the team said in its statement. One Bucks coach tested positive and two other assistants were quarantined, sources said earlier this week. News of the Bucks players' positive test comes a day after sources confirmed to ESPN that Major League Baseball closed all spring training facilities in Florida in Arizona. Florida required a high of new COVID-19 cases Friday with 4,049. That same day, Tampa Mayor Jane Castor implemented a mandatory ordinance for face masks to be worn in indoor public spaces. Several Buck players have been working out alongside new quarterback Tom Brady at Tampa's Berkeley Prep. I will take a break right here, and when I come back, we'll have some news concerning the Washington Redskins and the retirement of a certain player's number. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. 
News coming out of the Washington Redskins camp. The Redskins are looking to retire number 49 of Bobby Mitchell, Hall of Famer and team's first black player. The Washington Redskins will retire the number worn by Bobby Mitchell, the first African-American player in their history, who died earlier this year. The move, which a source said had been in the works for a while, comes one day after the statue of former Redskins owner George Preston Marshall, the last NFL owner to integrate his roster, was removed from outside of the team's former home. Mitchell's number 49 is, the only, is only the second number to be retired by the Redskins in their 88-year history. Sammy Baugh's number 33 had previously been the only retired number. In a statement, Redskins owner Dan Snyder said, there is no one more deserving of these honors than the late Bobby Mitchell. Bobby was one of the most influential players, not only in our team's history, but in the National Football League. He excelled on the field, in the front office, and most importantly, in his community, where he had a tremendous impact on the lives of so many through his charitable efforts. He was one of the greatest men I have ever known. Also, the Redskins renamed the Lower Bowl at FedEx Field in honor of Mitchell. It had been named after Marshall, who owned the franchise from the time of its inception in 1932 in Boston until his death in 1969. On Friday, Marshall's statue was taken down by Events DC, which controls the land at RFK Stadium. Marshall had resisted for years numerous overtures to integrate his roster. But in 1961, he was under pressure by Secretary of the Interior, Stuart Udall, to integrate or lose the lease to New D.C. Stadium, which was on federal land. To appease Udall, the Redskins acquired Mitchell in a December 1961 trade with the Cleveland Browns sending them the rights to African-American running back Ernie Davis. Mitchell played seven seasons for, for Washington and was voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1983. It wasn't always easy for Mitchell, who died on April 5th. He often recalled hearing racial epithets hurled his way and said he was once spat upon at a local restaurant. However, Mitchell, while acknowledging the pain, overcame the vitriol and lasted 41 seasons with the franchise. He also became heavily involved with the National Leukemia Society, as well as the Shaw Food Committee locally, among numerous other organizations. Mitchell was proud of what he accomplished in the NFL and wanted to be known for more than just breaking a color barrier in Washington. After his retirement, he told the Washington Post, I have to live with people always talking about me as the first black player against all my exploits. I've always been very upset that people always start with that. I don't want to hear that, and yet I have to hear it constantly, and it overshadows 
everything I've done in the game. However, that status meant a lot to his teammates and many others. Bobby was our Jackie Robinson, former Redskins safety Brig Owen said in the release. He had to handle the pressure of being the first African-American football player to integrate the Washington Redskins. He, like Jackie, was a military officer headquartered in the D.C. area when he received notice of his trade. In the face of great adversity, he served as a role model for the Washington, D.C. community, the Redskins, its fan base, and the NFL. He was more than an exceptional football player and athlete. He was an exceptional human being. He was like a brother to me. Mitchell was a running back in four years with Cleveland, but switched to flanker in Washington. In seven seasons with Washington, Mitchell caught 393 passes, averaging 16.5 yards per catch, and had 49 touchdown receptions. He carried the ball 90 times with Washington, scoring twice and averaging 4.5 yards per carry. In Cleveland, Mitchell ran the ball 423 times, scoring 16 touchdowns and averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Mitchell was also a standout returner, averaging 10.1 yards on punts and 26.4 yards on kickoffs for his career. He was named first-team All-Pro three times, and when he retired, Mitchell had the second-most all-purpose yards in NFL history. Only one player had worn Mitchell's number since he retired after the 1968 season, tight end Leonard Stevens. In 2002, Mitchell said after that season, he was hurt that the team had reissued his number. Though then coach Steve Spurrier said it was simply an oversight and it was never given to another player. In the release about the Jersey number retirement, Mitchell's wife, Gwen said that Bobby would have been thrilled and humbled by this wonderful recognition. I would like to thank Dan Snyder and the entire Washington Redskins organization for this great honor. His daughter, Terry Mitchell, said, this honor would have meant the world to him. He felt that the retiring of a jersey is the ultimate recognition of an athlete. Mitchell served as an assistant general manager with Washington until he retired after the 2002 season. Mitchell said at the time he was hurt that late owner Jack Cook had passed him over for the general manager's job two times in favor of Bobby Beathard and later Charlie Casserly. But Mitchell didn't let any disappointment overwhelm him. He also told the Post after retiring, I've always said I'm not going to walk away from this game better. I've been close, but I was determined not to let it get to me. I held up. The Redskins plan to hold a number retirement ceremony at a future home game Earlier in the week, the Redskins held a series of town hall meetings on race led by members of the organization, including Senior Vice President of Player Development, Doug Williams, a good friend of Mitchell. A source said Mitchell's retirement had been discussed before these meetings. Ron Rivera, the only minority head coach hired this offseason, announced last week that the Redskins have started the Black Engagement Network, which focuses on mentoring, networking, 
and community outreach. Marshall remains in the Redskins' ring of fame with his name displayed inside the stadium along with other members of that group. The franchise's nickname also remains a source of controversy on which discussion has been renewed in recent weeks amid growing emphasis on racial matters. So there you have it on this Juneteenth weekend. What a very befitting story of the Redskins honoring and retiring the number of one, number 49, Bobby Mitchell.